Well, good morning, everybody, and a very Merry Christmas to you all. Um, I think it's only right and proper that uh, another aspect of my jumper is revealed to you before we get going to, on the service. Uh, I was pleased to see this jumper anyway, but then I found that it's, uh, it's actually got lights on it as well. Come on. There we go. Um, so, yeah. Um, I thought I'd open this morning's Christmas message by sharing a great thought uh, that Chloe spotted recently uh, on an Instagram clip from a pastor over in America. Chloe shared this thought with us at our weekly uh, devotions on Thursday just gone, and uh, this pastor was talking about the idea of hypocrisy um, and how one of the uh, criticisms that Christians frequently face is the charge of hypocrisy. Now, the criticism we can often hear goes a little bit like this. I'm not going to your church. Your churches are full of not very spiritual or very nice people. How can you call yourselves followers of Jesus when you are like you are? No, church is not for me. Have you ever had that thrown at you uh, by someone who is uh, against church or against Jesus? Now, this pastor shared that, and then he made a truly excellent point by comparing church to a gym. He said that we would never, ever criticize people who go to a gym who aren't yet fully fit. A gym is going to have a wide range of different people in it at different levels of fitness. That just stands to reason, doesn't it? Uh, so you're going to have your new starters whose fitness is minimal, but you're also going to have your long-term fitness fanatics whose personal strength is going to be absolutely excellent. Now, being the contemporary pastor and chap that I am, um, I consulted one of my sons on the correct terminology for physical fitness for a man, or the current correct terminology, and I believe the word I need to use is hench. Have I, have I got that right? Yeah? I have. Thank you, Kevin. I'll take my, my affirmation from Kevin. There we go. Uh, so if you have people in a gym ranging from flabby to hench in the physical, and that is fine and okay then it's absolutely fine and okay to have a range of people who are on a spectrum of spiritually flabby to spiritually hench in a church. Does that make sense? It does. Now, there's a reason I'm opening with an illustration like this. It's more than just equipping us all with a good answer uh, to the charge of spiritual hypocrisy in church, and I hope you can use that example in the future. It's more than just reminding us to get back onto our fitness routines, uh, can I say, tomorrow even? Uh, I mean, maybe the 27th, perhaps. Give yourself Boxing Day as well. Um, it's to say that I believe the subject of today's message was particularly hench, spiritually speaking, of course. His name was Simeon, and he's the subject of the fourth and final part of our Christmas series this year, which is called God's Plan. So over this series, uh, we've looked at how different characters um, in the Christmas story have responded to God's plan uh, to bring Jesus into the world. That's been our theme. You've probably seen the wording as you've come upstairs this morning. Now, we opened with Zechariah, didn't we? And he got struck deaf and dumb. He wasn't that receptive to uh, being told what would happen by the angel Gabriel. Um, anyone here hoping to get a tablet for Christmas? Put your hand up if you'd like a tablet for Christmas. There's a couple of hands going up. Well, I've got to tell you that Zechariah's beaten you to it. He He's already had a tablet and used it in the Christmas story. Go and check it out for yourself. Uh, then we moved into uh, the second week and we heard about Joseph. And we saw how he really was the perfect gentleman. Uh, he was willing to cover, he was willing to wait, and he was willing to listen. And then last week we heard about Mary. 
And we heard about how her heart set her apart because God could really see how much she treasured stuff. She really did. And I think that's one of the reasons that God chose Mary in his plans. He wanted somebody who could truly treasure his one and only son. And so this week, today, Christmas Day, it's the turn of Simeon. Uh, Simeon's an elderly man for, for whom we have no other references in the Bible than just this short episode from Luke 2. Uh, Simeon appears at the time of Mary's post-birth purification, which is about 40 days after his birth. So eight days is the point of circumcision for Jewish males, but then we add on another month, according to the law of Moses, to get the the women uh, ceremonially clean uh, for the birth of a male, and we're into about the 40-day mark. So this interaction that that, that George just read for us just now um, takes place about 40 days after the birth of Jesus, but it takes place ages before the wise men Uh, rock up to Jerusalem to ask where the king of the Jews is. Now, the reason I want to talk about Simeon uh, this morning is that Simeon is really important because God involved him in his Christmas plans almost entirely via the agency of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We see the Spirit helping in all sorts of ways throughout Scripture, don't we? But his help to Simeon is really quite extensive. In fact, I count up no less than seven ways in which the Holy Spirit seems to have been able to move or act or have influence or produce fruit in Simeon's life. Seven. Uh, now, don't die inside or panic. Uh, these seven points are really, really quick, okay? Um, and I'm going to take them in a certain order so that you can understand how this all unfolds. Now, number one, Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon, number one. We've all met and seen those people that have something of God's Spirit upon them, and when it moves upon them, it's unmistakable, isn't it? Simeon was one of these people. Number two, the Spirit has also clearly relayed some information to Simeon about meeting Jesus as the Messiah before the end of his life. So he had a promise, in other words, from God uh, through the Holy Spirit that he's now waiting on, uh, which comes good in this story. Number three, I told you the points were quite quick. Uh, Number three, Simeon is then guided by the Spirit to be in the temple complex at just the right place and just the right time to meet Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. There's something lovely about a mix of waiting a very long time into old age on a promise from God and then being guided real time in a moment for that promise to be fulfilled. Come on up, guys. Come and join me. So what we see with Simeon is both long ages and just something in the moment arriving at just the right time. Brilliantly timed walk. Well done. Great job. Give him a round of applause. So effectively, uh, Simeon then does a baby dedication. And you've probably seen some of our baby dedications here from our children's leader, Ellie. Uh, Ellie would lead those for us. And this is what would happen. So I'm going to take the baby Jesus very carefully from you. There we go. Thank you. Uh, And just stay there for just a moment. Uh, Thank you for playing the role of Mary and Joseph for us. Um, So this is the baby Jesus here. And you can imagine how this would have worked with Simeon taking the baby in his arms in the temple. And then he says this. I'll just read it to you again. Now, Master, uh, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. That's what he says. He, he basically, Simeon basically does a baby dedication of the Lord Jesus, just like we would do. Would you like to take him back and put him back in his crib? Give these guys a round of applause. Perfect timing. Thank you so much. Really great. Um, I just want to share a, a wonderful little episode that happened in our church last Sunday. Um, I witnessed a reworking of what we've just seen here uh, with, a, with a group of small children. Okay, this is quite a long time after the end of the second service. Um, I came up the stairs, and before I was seen, uh, there were about three or four kids who were basically, they basically borrowed Jesus from the manger uh, just out there, um, and they, they were kind of telling him a story, and they were cuddling him, and they were swapping him quite fast and quite energetically. You know, given that he's made of, that particular Jesus is made of plaster of Paris, this was a nerve-wracking thing. Um, there was a lot of delight being had had uh, a lot of enjoyment, but the best bit of all uh, was as I came up the stairs, I received a priceless look from a boy who realized that I was there. Now, I'm going to try and do this look. I hope I get this right, but it was... And, And basically, the look was, oh, I've been caught out, number one, and then number two, oh, I've been caught out by the pastor which has kind of had an extra weight to it, which it should do, shouldn't it, really? Yeah. Um, and then number three, uh, it had, this look had a kind of, oh, I'm in brand new moral territory. Like, it's right to grab hold of Jesus, but I'm kind of being caught out here. Um, so a wonderful, wonderful look that I shall enjoy forever uh, in my memories as a pastor. Really, really great. All that aside, do not miss what Simeon says in this baby dedication and how it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Simeon says that Jesus is salvation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to Israel. And he says this well before Jesus has grown up or anything and well before Jesus even says that he is the light of the world. And so that tells me that Simeon is inspired by the Spirit, and he uses language that the Spirit prompts him to say in his dedication of the baby Jesus. So that's number four. Number five, Simeon, still influenced by the Spirit, goes on to give Mary a prophetic word about the future of Jesus. Now, it's a mixture of some amazing things, but also some very painful things, but they all come true. The falling and rising that he describes is a reference to the fact that nobody can ever react neutrally to Jesus. The sword piercing Mary's soul is perhaps a glance into the future um, at, at what Mary will have to watch Jesus go through. Number six, let's just move backwards in the story a little bit. Uh, there's a section where it says that Simeon was waiting on something called the consolation of Israel. Uh, This was something that the whole nation was waiting on, uh, perhaps in the person of a Messiah or an anointed one who would bring them comfort and leadership and peace and relief from oppression and liberation from the Romans and all sorts of things. But this word, I noticed that this word in Luke 2 is almost identical to the word for helper that we get in John's gospel, where Jesus talks about sending a person called the Holy Spirit, or the Comforter. Just to give you the comparison in the Greek, in, in Luke chapter 2, it's a word paraklesis, and in John, in John 14, 15, 16, and so on, it's paraklete, or parakletos. Very, very similar words. 
we would translate the difference between those words into English as like the difference between help and helper. And, and so in Luke 2, we would see it as a help um, that, that Simeon is waiting on. And in John, we see it as a person who is a helper. So just trace this with me for a moment because it's quite significant. Simeon is himself so influenced by the helper that he is led to wait on a help or comfort for his whole nation. And that's what's happening in this story here. This turns out to be the baby Jesus, who then announces and releases the helper or comforter himself, uh, and who is gifted and poured out on everyone who would receive him, as we see in Acts chapter 2, don't we? So Simeon is like an early adopter of God's plan for everyone to receive the gift of the Spirit. I would say, as a person, Simeon is really ahead of the game spiritually because he's so open to the Spirit. Number seven, and lastly, rewinding to the statement that Luke opens with, that righteousness and that devoutness with which, Simon, with which Simeon gets described is a classic description of someone uh, in whom there's been long-term fruit of the Spirit over the long haul. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know the, the fruit of the Spirit, don't you? This is a person in whom that, that fruit has been working over a long, long period of time. Um, so seven little glimpses into how the Spirit is really a massive agent for Simeon in this special moment 40 days after the birth of Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team just to return. Thank you, Kevin. Um, So how am I going to sum up my Christmas Day message on God's plan with Simeon? Well, it's to say this. God uses people who walk closely in step with the Holy Spirit in some truly amazing ways. He really does. Uh, The Christmas story tells us Just check this out. In God's plan, at one end of the age spectrum, somebody can be conceived of the Spirit in the womb, that's Jesus, and be filled with the Spirit in the womb, that's John the Baptist, and that's right at, at one end of the age spectrum. And yet at the other end of the age spectrum, we can see somebody more ancient than the Ancient of Days, just like Simeon, and still be being used hugely of the Holy Spirit. So what does that say to you and I? It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can still be hugely used of the Holy Spirit if you remain open to him. Let me just go back to my, my church versus gym illustration just for a moment, just to kind of finish this off. We ourselves might have only just arrived in the spiritual gym of church. I mean, I don't know all of you. I can see lots of guests today. Really nice to have you with us, especially if you've come from overseas or you're with family just for the day. Um, so you, 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 you might have just arrived in church. and You might not be very holy or spiritually hench yet, okay? Um, but that's all right because around you, there are some guys like Simeon who are uh, in this kind of mode of bench pressing some serious spiritual weight, and they have done for a long, long time. Uh, they really have. But be aware that it's not a competition. Uh, it's, it's not a competition between us. Um, we're all in it together, and we're all being coached by the Spirit because He is the coach to all of us all the time, helping us to do so much more than we could do on our own. He is the one 
who assists us and encourages us and guides us and speaks through us um, and picks us back up and he offers us consolation. He speaks strength over us. He pours out possibilities all over us. Let me extend the church versus gym analogy one step further before we worship. When you go to the gym, the coach or the trainer is only there at the gym. With the Holy Spirit, he is jogging alongside you all the time. He is alongside you all the time. No matter where you are, day or night, you have access to the same consolation and comfort and strength and help that Simeon sought over so many long years and that he clearly received and it made him a devout and a righteous man. The lesson from Simeon and his example is clear. To be a part of God's plan, keep on asking the Holy Spirit for his help. So no matter how young you are, how old you are, or whether you've just started on your spiritual fitness journey, or you've been at it for decades like Simeon, the Spirit is our biggest helper and coach and one of the biggest gifts at Christmas time who continually helps us to receive the present of Jesus that we get on Christmas Day. Amen. Let's all stand and let's worship Jesus this morning. Thank you, Kevin.